happy holidays to everyone out there, Podsiders. Welcome back. Uh, and today, it's just me and Chris. Uh, Chris, how are you doing? I'm good. Uh, th- this has the real um, feeling of like when you're in the office and it's like half the people aren't there because everybody's taking off and you're kind of just like nobody's really doing any work and you're kind of just <laughs> sitting around. The, po- the podcasting minds are really empty this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the in-between days. <laughs> well, you know, Chris, uh, for this special occasion here, I-, I got you this special gift. See, oh. look, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's like a, it's a podcaster's like microphone arm. Oh. But you know, you know what? I sold my mic to give it to you. Oh my goodness! Well, you know, I sold my mic to get you this microphone stand. Oh great! That's so. If only I had a microphone now. <laughs> oh no. What will we ever do? Oh, Henry. <laughs> a fine kettle of fish you've gotten us into. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, the, 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 the gift of the podcasters. Uh, it's a parable for the ages, folks. That's right. Um, Chris, ha- how have you been, man? It's been it's been like almost weeks since you <laughs> talked. <laughs> it's been good. Uh <laughs> I just enjoying some time uh, with friends and family, you know, and um, catching up on some some good uh, movies. I'm doing trying to do a 2023 movie catch up. Not really succeeding, but doing my best. Well, you know, it's 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 all you can ever do when you're surrounded by you know like holiday events. Yeah. <laughs> oh, know, this that the other people dropping by. Yes, exactly carolers and and you know the three kings somewhere well I guess. The, those are if if you're getting the three kings they're a little off course yes uh, and early and uh, early is, yeah yes, I gotta say, fair, come, come back in january guys <laughs> gotta come back in january 6th buddy yeah or, or the, the evening of january 5th at the very least but yes, make sure I, I always had a i had a co-worker who would joke that um obviously uh he would joke that, uh, you know, since he was grown up, he would leave toys so that the Three Kings would leave him grass. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I scratched my head for a little bit. I, whatever did he mean? <laughs> I've I've always just said no, Chris. <laughs> I, that, as you should. Yes. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, it's it's been, man... It, do you do you get like the holiday sort of hectic holiday stuff or do you just like try to chill as much as possible man? Um the day of the holidays are, are pretty hectic. Um we t- are typically trying to balance two families like going to, to our my wife and my mine two families but um if the rest of the time it's kind of chill. Uh, not that I you know I'm it's I'm one of those things where I, I don't really get much time off anyway so I'm back to work pretty soon so Ooh. Oh, I know. I I should. I definitely believe that we should go like with the European of like everybody gets off between between Christmas and New Year's. Like nobody's doing any work. Nobody. I totally agree. Everyone should get off. Yeah. Uh, on on the holidays for sure. Hmm. Absolutely. Um. But but yeah, like I I think man, I, I I still sort of like. Even even um, like at work, I've I've met people who will take 
the come back into the office or come or at least work uh the day after thanksgiving i'm like no man <laughs> oh the day after thanksgiving yeah yeah that's a bit much uh, i don't know man that that's yeah <laughs> I, i'll 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 take the i'll take the l on that one and just put in yeah. for leave and fuck it exactly like it's also like such a weird practice right you get like this just it's like a it's like a gap tooth right yeah. it's like just before the the weekend you get this one day off but you got to come in the next day and he's like just just give me the day off dude just fuck it <laughs> exactly yeah I, no like i, I don't want to have to sit there and do nothing and pretend that i'm doing something no thanks yeah, yeah well i i've gotten to be an expert at that though i gotta say <laughs> You know, boss makes a dollar, I make a dime. <laughs> back, back, back in the day when um, browsing Reddit was a thing that I, I, I would do pretty frequently, um, there used to be a page you could go to that would convert the front page of Reddit into to make it look like it was like a a Word document. So it looked like you were just like doing like <laughs> word processing, but you were actually reading Reddit. <laughs> I remember there was, a, I think... I forget exactly which one, but I do think it's, oh, what is that Infocom game? Uh, it was like one of the late Infocom games. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, what is, oh man. I'm, 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 it was one of those uh, later games and I, I forget, it's like something weird. It had like a weird title, I think. Something like mm -hmm. Ernest and, and Ernest and something find a conundrum or i don't even remember the name of it right now i'd have to look it up okay but but in any case it had like that same function where it would um basically you could hit like a con uh, function something or a control something combo mm -hmm. and it would just revert to like it would look like a desktop <laughs> uh, wait hold on let me see it so I, th I thought it was fublitsky but that's another one uh what is it called fuck it's yeah, I don't remember right now. It it was one of those very odd ones. Uh we're we're overdue for like advances in slacking off technology. Fuck yeah. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think that the issue is that um most I think most of that has been offloaded to our phones. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh I I legit want to go back to uh you know let's let's it's Returvna but for like the beige uh CRT casings and yes. uh the weird uh yeah like slack slack off uh games or whatever you know just mm -hmm. sort of like these games that had like oh yeah you could play it at work because it's it's only like 485k kilobytes <laughs> exactly uh, and then it also has like a hit uh function f12 or something and be like you know con uh, control f12 and it turns into a desktop so your <laughs> body you know, it, this is a very much like made in that era where uh <laughs> it was a precursor already to um to office space or something you know yes yeah exactly what i was thinking <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it is. It is very Nord and Bert couldn't make head or tail of it. Although I think that that might, I might be wrong that that's not the game that that might not be the game actually. Okay, all right. Just an odd. It, it had like a, the weirdest. Um, it, it looked something like a Far Side mm -hmm. uh, illustration. Oh, that's cool. Very much like that. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So have you been well? I was just going to ask, have you been watching anything over the over the break? 
Man, um, what have I been watching? Have I been watching anything? Uh, you know, it's it's funny. I I, I go through these long stretches where I'll, I'll watch, like, I'll try to watch, like, something every day mm-hmm. for a while, and then it stops. Um, mostly been watching, like, YouTube. We saw, okay. we finally watched the Barbie movie last night. Oh, uh, how was that? Lots of fun. Um, yeah. Quite funny in parts. I mean, like, really genuinely funny. Um, I think uh, part of the meta parts of it didn't really work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, they were fun, don't get me wrong, but they didn't exactly add anything or... I don't know. It, it, it's it's an odd movie because I I really enjoyed it, but there are parts of it that were just like, eh, you could have gotten rid of all that. Um, uh, there is a very, um, touching part, uh, near the end that, uh, for whatever reason, just really just, I mean, I know it's a corporate move. It's a corporate product movie about a plastic doll. (laughs) And yet somehow I, I was moved near the end of it. Uh, I don't, I don't get it, but Hey, you know, if it works, it works. Right. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's the, it's, uh, I, you know, I think, yes, like you can't get around the fact that it is a massive corporate project designed to um, not only like it's designed to sell Barbies, but also like utilizing like Barbies hold on our pop culture as a means to sell the movie itself too. Mm-hmm, right. Like it's like, you know, it's both a, a, an advertisement and an advertisement for itself kind of thing. It's, it's, yeah, um, it's, it's a very, uh, very Ouroboros uh, or serpent eating its tail yes, type of exactly. thing. Exactly. But uh, that being said, uh, the, there's still, it sounds like they gave um, Greta Gerwig some, some real latitude in developing the movie. So I could totally see, and, and she's made some, some really good movies. I really liked little, her little women. I thought that was pretty, pretty, um, pretty good would Um, you would you like to hear a confession i've never seen that movie oh okay i I mean i've heard i've I've heard nothing but good things it's just one of those things where it's like oh yeah i should watch that movie yeah Uh, and you know surprise bob odenkirk uh pops up uh, about the middle part it's pretty good but um, yeah, so I I, not, I don't not, doubt that. Hopefully like, not Barbie... Mr. Show uh, Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> well, no, it is Mr. Well, I mean, no, no, it's I mean the... like his persona, Mr. Show. Oh, God <laughs> damn it, Joe! <laughs> uh, no, it, it's it's yeah, he's he's in full on like uh you know New England country guy. <laughs> like it's it's good, it's really good. Um, but the, my my point is, I you know I I there's you know. Mass corporate product can sometimes still be art, um, but like as long as you keep in perspective that it's still mass corporate product, like mm-hmm. you know, what I mean, like it's not any sort of revolutionary thing, but there could still be some artistry to it. Well, I mean, I think that there's uh, there's something to be said about like, um, like uh, to be honest with you, like a, a very good sort of like advertising uh, illustrator or artist, right, mm-hmm. uh, or an ad artist of any sort is probably very well like he he knows a lot about art yeah oh uh, yeah uh i mean i think it's rather telling that i if i'm remembering correctly um such greats as 
Bill Sankwitz himself, uh, mm-hmm. Bill Waterson, is it all Bills mm-hmm. um, that <laughs> get tired of advertising and then just I decide to do their own thing or whatever? I forget. I think yeah. Waterson wasn't uh, advertised. I want to say he was architecture, uh, but I could be I could be wrong. Yeah. Oh no! You know what? I might I might also be uh, confusing him with uh, Katsuhiro Otomo, uh, he of Akira fame, amongst yes. others, uh, who who dropped. I think he dropped out, or he, he got his architecture degree, but then decided, "Fuck it, I'm going to do manga." You know, uh, like him having an architecture background makes total sense when you see like. The, the, the obsessive of detail? details, oh, yeah, yes. the obsessive details of like this, particularly like uh, Otomo brings to like all the buildings and stuff in Akira. Well, not only wow. that, but like I, I remember seeing like a, um, like a two-page splash, uh, where where he introduces like almost like it's an establishing shot for the mm-hmm. the end. Uh, battle at the Colosseum, like the abandoned Olympics Colosseum. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. And then like he would basically he had like these little breakout uh, panels that he would show like so and so's here. So and so's there, like like geographically positioned in the structure. Right. And then mm-hmm. he would go and, you know, like zoom in and this would be like a, a set piece and this other one would be a set piece. It's just amazing stuff really i mean even mm-hmm. even in the in in the um the animes that he's worked on uh it, it's so clear to me that he has like this just amazing uh level of detail in in and ability to make something that is completely an imaginary construct look mm-hmm. pl- like something would that would plausibly work yeah yeah, I mean, all everything he does has like a real weight to it, like a real, yeah. It's 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 really really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I actually no, you know, let me take it back. One of the things I watched recently, which I was just like utterly charmed by, but also completely like, wow, maybe this is one of the reasons I turned out this way. Was like. <laughs> Uh, Sesame Street holiday special. Oh, like the one, like the one of the original ones. Yes, like from, the 70s. from like the 70, 78, oh, I believe. We watched that when Tressa was was my daughter. When my daughter was a very young, and oh my god, that's so much. When the, is that when they like go ice skating and everything? Yes, where they have yeah, like that's extended, a really fun extended sequence that's like very somber, like clarinet or and or oboe, perhaps both. Um, mm-hmm where uh this little girl is trying to teach uh big bird to let go of his nervousness and skate and it's just a a silent except for the music uh aspect and the music is just like so somber (laughs) and you're like it is yeah uh yeah i guess uh this is this is what it was to yeah this is what it was like to be a kid in those days uh and again i think it 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 harkens to what we were talking about like um in that uh the adventures of the life and adventures of santa claus or whatever Mm -hmm. where where there's like this uh this turning away from like a more contemplative uh, type of holiday season or, or period, right? Yeah. Uh, to a much more loud and brash, and let's fill every possible moment with lights and sound. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because yeah, there's there's a lot <clears throat> a lot of Christmas media of that era, like the seventies and, and things like that, have more um, you know, a quietness, a softness about the holiday season, whereas like, you know, everything's cranked to 11 now and it's all about you know you know everything is covered in wreaths and there's bulbs everywhere and i mean that kind of stuff like <laughs> it's it's like those people who like while i appreciate the 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 effort of the people who like cover their houses in lights like so they look like basically they can signal you know air <laughs> passing airplanes uh I, I appreciate the effort and sometimes it's fun to look at but then it's also kind of like i think you might be missing the point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's uh, it it. I, I don't I don't begrudge anyone that type of thing, right? But also, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I, it seems like so much work to me. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Oh, my uh, God. and I guess it's it's sort of like, I guess you could say that it makes people happy, but it's like such a, I don't know. It doesn't feel like, uh. It feels very superficial, which is mm-hmm. which is yeah. fine. I, I I'm not. I, I don't know if I'm criticizing that at all. Uh, it's just simply like that's that's where it ends. I, I'm mm-hmm. also thinking of like there's a weirdly it's 34th Street here in <laughs> Baltimore, uh, a specific little um, area called Hampton where they have like very famously like uh, it's like a, a series of houses that it, I guess. It, that's a shitty HOA if you got to join that. If you live in that place, that street, mm-hmm. you are almost obligated to decorate your house like as gaudily oh. and as brightly as possible because it, it becomes yeah. like this little drive through zone where people love to come visit and yada yada. It's yeah. become like a local color thing, right? I, I know exactly. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure there was there, there's like a, a street like that in, um, uh, South Philly, mm-hmm. where like the whole block kind of like turns it into a thing, and like that that aspect I like because it's very, it, it seems more community focused, you know, mm-hmm. versus like uh, I don't know, I don't know. Like like I said, I, ultimately I'm like not really I'm not against it or anything like that. I just and and I do enjoy seeing them now now and then, but I, I don't I just don't know what it you know I I I, do, I think there should be some space for you know like the quiet contemplation mm-hmm. of a lot of like 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 the charlie brown christmas like so much of it is just like spare jazz music over you know like little kids walking in the snow <laughs> like you know <laughs> yes. what i mean like yeah and, and like uh i mean even the charlie brown christmas is is also like weirdly somber i mean granted it's mm-hmm. it's it's harkening back to like a it passed the boomer era into their parents Christmas because I guess when when our boomer parents or perhaps my boomer parents at least uh, were were kids you know they probably got indoctrinated into what you know customs and uh, you know, like Christmas traditions they learned were from their parents childhoods you know mm-hmm. so so it's such a weird uh, leapfrogging backwards to like well, you know, in the fifties, they were nostalgic about like the twenties or the thirties, and you're like, "Wow, okay." <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and like the Charlie Brown ones are, are very indicative of that because obviously, like, I think uh, Charles Schultz would it sort of straddled that that particular era, um, and so you get like, the, what is it? Charlie Brown like, has like that shitty little. 
it's not even a Christmas tree. It's like a branch yeah. that fell off that they repurposed. <laughs> they they upcycled it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like uh, it, it is very strange to see like stuff from the seventies and from the eighties on. It's just like louder and brighter and more stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and I'm granted. I, I I say that while we're we we discussed like the. The, the Santa Claus one, uh, it, which was 85, but even that was considered not such a great, I believe it wasn't really received very well, or people just like, huh? What? Yeah. <laughs> well, I can totally get that. Like, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. It, it feels like off, off, like mm-hmm. off on a tangent. Mm-hmm. Mm. A rather curious tangent, a very cool looking tangent, but a tangent nonetheless. Right. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, so it also feels very odd to, uh, like we, we were just watching, um, a Muppets Christmas holiday special or whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, from, I think we were looking at it. I think it's 88 and that was, uh, obviously because it's the Muppets, it's a little bit more rambunctious and funny and. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Fozzie Bear just like basically is taking all of the Muppets to his mom's house for Christmas. Uh, yeah. He didn't bother telling her about it. Oh. <laughs> uh, but but it's all very, you know, it's all very quickly sort of swept aside because it's Christmas time and everyone's home and uh, so on and so forth. And uh, one of the things that was like actually kind of cool was. They had uh, oh the, uh, they they interrupt like a musical number is like Kermit going like I I hear carolers you know and uh-huh. he goes to the door and it's all the Sesame Street <laughs> Muppets marching uh-huh. through the snow to the house it's so good oh that's cute I mean I I made the joke as I was watching it and they came here all the way from Sesame Street but even as I was making the joke I was like sitting there going like damn. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, which, you know, again, you know, like, I think that um, even Sesame Street is something that w- I would consider a corporate product, much more so now, you know, that Henson, Henson's passed on and so on. But yeah, uh, but yeah like even then, it, it was still a bit of a corporate product, but still one that I think did a lot of... Uh, was trying to give as much back as it could, you know, and it was on public yeah. TV. It wasn't like trying to make millions off of it. They were just trying to make, you know, a living. Exactly. Yes. And and I think um, it's, it's hard to see like Sesame street being purchased by HBO and, uh, and being like set. I think the, it's so the egregious part of it is that it's like set behind like a paywall. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's, Whereas it's it's always been you know children's entertainment that was within reach for everyone. Well, I mean, um, I mean, the, everyone who could afford a TV that is. But yeah, um, I mean, uh, I will say that uh, even even that was one of the ongoing uh, jokes in Sesame Street specifically. About Whenever, it being free. Well, because remember, remember how they would sign off. Today's Sesame Street episode has been brought to you by the letter A and the number three. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. Just to sort of like make it an ad that they gotcha, were yeah, they yes, didn't yeah. have ads. I yeah, I see your point. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, they yeah. So it's I don't know. 
And now there's like, you know, of course HBO is going through, or not well, HBO and W and Warner Brothers in general going through like some weird like financial issues because of like the crazy debt that it took on to buy itself, <laughs> or that like, eh, you know, the crazy corporate shenanigans that they can do. Um, and I guess they've pulled some of the old Sesame episodes from from Max. Um, was just it's again it's like the the idea of any sort of streaming being the future or you know a way to like have everything within your grasp at all times is just total fallacy hmm. yep well you know i keep on thinking i forget which movie it is where they had the they would shake their fist and just yell the the character's name but here it, it, i'm just imagining it being like zas love <laughs> yeah well and so uh did you see that the news well um recently he's been in talks t- with potential merger with Paramount. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> I I always um, I always wanted to have everything in my life be a one-stop shop. Yes, exactly. That'll that'll I I want one water. That'll only be 1 million dollars. <laughs> Can I talk about a something that I've been watching that I'm really into right now? Go for it. It's and it's not it, it it's not genre like it's not speculative. It, so um, I might be stretching the definition. This is of, this of, is a safe space. Don't worry. Okay. We we, we understand uh, that there are not science fiction, fantasy, and horror <laughs> things out there. Um, I'm watching The Curse, which is. Um, Benny Safdie and Nathan created by Benny Safdie of the Safdie brothers, uh, directors of uncut gems and good time. It's Nathan Fielder, right? With Emma Stone. Yes. With, and starring Emma Stone, um, all along with those other two guys. Um, it's this pitch black, uh, kind of like take on like the behind the scenes of an, an HGTV show where like, uh, and there's and then like each character has like so many so many like issues and like the way that they um, dole out all the information like and about like and the the way like they dole out the interpersonal relationships between everyone um, it's just because it's it's kind of shots like f- sort of verite but like it's not like cuz there's times where you're watching the show that they're making and there's times where it looks like it's just a behind the scenes camera and then there's times where it, like so for it's just formally very cool um the 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 music is like like I don't think it's all written by but it was um at least supervised by um I don't, and I never know how to say his name uh Onio Point Matrix 1 oh god I I, I butchered that only uh, Onio tricks point never rather, um, otherwise known as um, his name Daniel Lopatan. Um, but uh, so the music's really, really like kind of spacey ambient um, that really, really lends it. I'm not doing a very good job explaining it. Like Benny Safdie plays this like Johnny Depp kind of like director of reality TV, and like Nathan Fielder and Emma Stone are trying to get off, trying to get a HGTV show off the ground but there there's all sorts of hijinks and it also gets into like gentrification that a lot of these shows like promote mm-hmm. um and like the but like the like 
gentrifying, but also trying to make it seem like you're not by giving back and how like false that can all be and how like the inadvertent repercussions of all that all while being like extremely funny in a very, very cringe sort of way. So it's like very Nathan Fielder in that manner. Um, It's, it's just really, really excellent. Um, And, and Benny Safdie in particular, um, he's always been a good actor in everything, all the stuff that he's done with his brother and, and and things like that. And he was really good in, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's uh, Licorice Pizza. Um, I, I think he's also in um, Oppenheimer, but I have yet to see that. Mm. Um, but he he's really, really going places with this character who, like, you know, for the first couple episodes, I think you're, you're really convinced he's just a standard, like, Johnny Depp, like, you know, where he's wearing, like, all the those, like, bracelets and he's got rings on every finger and his hair is, like, long and curly and he's, like, got that, like, Ed Hardy-esque bohemian kind of style. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, But then he's just, like, he, he's just reveals so much more uh, about that guy and where he's coming from and what he's dealing with. And it's it's just really, really masterful. I, it's I, it's just, I've been really excited to, to keep up with this show. It's it's really, really good. I've, I've heard good things. I just, I don't think that I have, it's on uh, Showtime, right? Yes, I uh, uh, yeah. So I think you can get that through somehow through Amazon. Um, I, so I will say, um, if you even if you don't, I'm not sure if you need Amazon Prime for it, but the first episode is free. Mm. Um, and so I think I I have just Amazon Prime, and I was able to watch the first episode free on Amazon. Um, that might be the case for even people who don't have Amazon Prime, but I, I, I would recommend trying to, to search it out. It might also be on Paramount Plus. I'm not sure. Who knows what's going on with all that stuff? Uh, <laughs> I don't. But... I don't understand half of the channels that I see. <laughs> I know anymore. Like, what? Yeah. Like, like it, they. they uh, who was it that had the skit? Was this like? Was a Chapo skit, right? Where they said that it. it I'm I'm riffing on that because it, it, there are entire channels that absolutely look like they're made up channels from like to play in the background of some movie. Yes, exactly. Yep. And you're like, how, how does it, it they, they feel like channels from like the, the, the gremlins two movie. Like, <laughs> exactly. The archery yeah. channel. You're like, what <laughs> sign up yes. now for archery plus. And you're like, what? what? The, yeah. I don't, I don't know what archery regular channel. The is. clamp what? news network. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, um, yeah. So yeah. No. Exactly. Um, but I, I think that the the thing that they really hits on the most is they they pick how they really get at and they really understand and are able to depict just how weird the HGTV people are. <laughs> like <laughs> because they have to like because they're like you know they're like pseudo reality pseudo documentary um, and like. They always have this like perfectly manicured, um, you know, presentations and personas, and it's all about like trying to gin that up for the show and and things like that, and just how like these people are typically you know insanely neurotic about all this. Like it, it's just re- it's just really really hits the nail on the head. <laughs> I'm just, now I'm just imagining like the Property Brothers just like just ha- being complete neurotics. Oh yeah, totally. <clears throat> They have to be. I mean, yes, they they do. But hey, you know. Um. um the so I, I also wanted to mention talking about something I've been reading. I just read um 
right now DC Comics is doing a really good um, republishing program of um, or repackaging. They're going through like the 1980s, uh, late 80s Batman run, uh, both Batman comics and detective comics, and putting them out in trade paperbacks one uh, two, in two series. One's called Cape Crusader, and the other one's called The Dark Knight Detective. Um, and you kind of got to snap them up if you see them because a lot of these kind of like reprint stuff goes out of print really quickly, like in these trade pap trade paperback forms. Like I, I wasn't able to grab like the first couple, but I highly, highly recommend grabbing these because this is like prime time eighties, like Batman. Like this is like Norm Brayfogle, um, Alan Grant. Um, this one in particular had a couple stories by P Peter Milligan, who's a, um, a pretty well known British comics writer. I think, I think he did some 2000 AD stuff. Um, I mean, if he's a British comics writer, it's probably, you know, it's more than likely uh, that he did 2080 stuff because I think they all are obligated to at least once. Um, but he he, he did, uh, there's this one run, really interesting, interesting storyline where um, there's an evil scientist who hooks four, like, catatonic people up, like, t telepathically together and then the four that and out of the the four of them a fifth like being emerges who is only exists in like consciousness <laughs> like it's like and batman has to fight him <laughs> it, it's 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 called uh it's not probably not pc these days but it's called the idiot zone <laughs> like because the oh, the, the oh, character's name oh. is the idiot you mean like congress <laughs> yeah, that's right um, but yeah, it's it's just this really fun, uh, and then it gets like so goopy because basically uh, the the mad scientist then starts um, turning uh, like p random kids into like basically zombies, but they're called they call themselves the Dead Boys, but they're basically like zombies with like catatonic zombies, and then the idiot uh, when when he could finally become corporeal, uh, he does so. By one of the dead boy's brains, like ex like blowing up like a balloon, and then his head exploding, and then the idiots in in reality, <laughs> like it's like this like grossly goopy uh, stuff. It's just it's just a total blast, and the art's fantastic. Uh, this this whole era of Batman is just really really because it's still there's still some like goofy, you know, kind of like some some of the stuff left over from the 70s. Like it's not quite. Like Dark Knight, Frank uh, Frank Miller's Dark Knight is not quite, you know, reverberated throughout everything yet, mm -hmm. and um, so it still has some of that like, you know, gold uh, and silver age fun to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know what you mean. Uh, it, it, God, those are such weird. Um, <laughs> just some, yeah. Some of the weirder, uh, like, uh, what is it? The one where where there was rainbow rainbow Batman. Yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I just love love some of those weirdo. Uh, they're just so goofy. It's it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then everything had to be serious. Well, it's I a mean, common you know, Frank Miller sort of changed the landscape. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I mean, it's that's not to discount, but that like you know, the Dark Knight is like you know. A phenomenal comic. <laughs> it, it's great. It really yeah. is. Like uh, that—that's no dig on 
on the Dark Knight. It is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's just not everything needs to be that. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. you know, I, I think it's one of those things where, you know, I think it just sold so spectacularly well um, that how could how could they not sort of like try to steer the ship towards well everything needs to be this is what the kids want uh, serious yeah. batman exactly yeah um which you know it's funny because like the the tim burton adaptations of batman uh definitely capture like that straddle that exact same um mm. territory right where it is yeah no they're they're, they're he he's definitely taking from uh, Dark Knight Returns and whatnot, but also yeah. keeping some of the goofiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, We're, and I think that's why I think a lot of um, some of the Schumacher Batman films, like they're getting, they're getting a bit of a, you know, reconsideration. Um, I I've always had tons of fun with Batman Forever ever since I saw it. Um, that was like what the the first Batman movie I remember being able to like see in theaters and like. Because um, I think it was still just just too young for Returns, mm. um, so I don't think I would have seen that. In Returns theaters, but... is a little, <laughs> Returns is a little intense for a kid. Oh, oh, it really is. <laughs> but not. I don't even know if they would have known that. But uh, so, but like the Schumacher Batman movies, um, because he brings such a gaudy like sense of design and like to it, like but like it's like a really cool looking. I, I think the the designs and stuff are underrated in those movies. Like, uh, you know, it's not it's not necessarily campy, but like it's hedging on it. Maybe I don't know. I think I'd call it sort of. I I definitely call it camp because I think that the 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 thing that for me would probably push it over. It's not entirely camp, right? But it's it's right. very very. It's like on that spectrum between self serious and self-serious that's just on the other side of camp mm-hmm. uh, because like the, most of the cast plays everything straight yeah uh like they they they're wise enough to let mainly let the villains have a lot of little one-liners and you know mm-hmm. bon mots and whatnot and you know have the the cape crusader and the boy wonder be the ones who have to retort yes exactly yeah like Uma Thurman is positively having so much fun as as Poison Ivy. She's she's really she's really good in that. Well, I, her little hunched over, uh, pinched face scientist persona is so good. Yes, yeah, exactly. Who <laughs> <laughs> uh, was it? Just Poison Ivy because she had Bane. This is the one where it's it's Poison Ivy and who else? Mister um, Freeze. The f- Mr. Freeze, yes. Arnold. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Chill out. <laughs> um, so I, I, I have good news and I have bad news. Uh-oh. Uh, the good news is, like, speaking of Arnold, the good news is um, True Lies is finally coming to, like, modern day physical media. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it was stuck on the DVD. I don't know if there was ever even a Blu-ray of it. Um, but uh, they've just announced like Cameron is going back and getting a lot of his movies now back on 4K, uh, and plus be- with new scans and, and everything. The bad news, so they're they're using um, Peter Jackson's AI 
system that he created when he was doing the Beatles documentary mm-hmm. to like basically like um, restore um, older film. Like so, Jack what Jackson did with the Beatles was he he tried to make the old like I think it was like sixteen millimeter or something like that look like digit like almost like a video camera like level of like removing every single grain film grain that the cost possibly can be. So they're doing that with True Lies. So now there's actually like parts where like Tom Arnold or Jamie Lee Curtis will look like an AI creation, like you know one of those like kind of like plasticky, um, like not like there's maybe one too many lines on their cheeks type of thing. It's like it is totally bizarre. Um, like and it makes sense. Cameron's all about you know he's a big tech buff and he creates tech for his movies and things like that. Like he's really really into all that. So. I can see all that, but does anybody ever sit him down and say, "Listen, this looks like shit," mm-hmm. right? Because it's it's just totally like removing. Um, but so it's it's a, so like a, it's you know it's a good it's one of those like it's finally on disc, but it's bad because it's like it's only available in this horrible new remaster. Well, yeah. Quote, so quote. so so one of the things is see you you don't know how the the meeting between uh, Cameron and Jackson went right because Cameron was sitting down. And he's like, wait, Pete. What if it looks like shit? And Pete just wrote in 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 a, on the whiteboard massive and just put two dollar signs. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it's weird, right? Because he, that was basically the massive was the uh, system that he designed to uh, sort of basically move the orcs and all yeah. the CGI stuff in Lord of the Rings. And I remember saying to, you know, when, when we had uh, Aaron and Carly uh, of Hit Factory on to talk about the movies that um, Lord of the Rings was was sort of like a, a hinge point, basically. It's sort of the first and last of its kind, right? Where they, they were still using sets. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, they called them bigatures. Yes, um, exactly, yeah. Uh, like filming on location and stuff like that for a movie, and uh, but also using CGI to enhance certain things, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, you, you can still do because, like, you know, Fury Road for, you know, whoever, for what it's worth, I know that people have their criticisms of it, but honestly, it looks fantastic. And a lot mm-hmm. of that, you know, a lot of that was, you know, filmed on location, but also using CGI to enhance certain shots or do this or that. Yeah. Uh, so, but- so it can be done. It's just weird that, you know, that it, you know, Disney has made everyone like turn the dial all the way to maximum profit. Yeah. And, and, you know, as close to maximum profit as they can. And and finally, it looks like the audiences are finally getting tired of that shit. Like, <laughs> just yeah. like gloop on the screen. You're like, well, why am I excited about this? Well, I, I mean, so what's interesting is recently, uh, for the first time ever, two Japanese films were the number one and two in the U.S. box so office. Godzilla minus one, and what is the other one? Oh, was the, number boy two, the, bo- the boy and the heron. Or, or was it? I, yeah, was Godzilla number one? Um, I'm, I'm, I haven't been following the the, the rankings, but it, I it be wasn't, yeah. But that that's a, that is unprecedented, and in in such you know small scale. Mo- now I say Godzilla minus one is small scale. I have yet to see it. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it because I've heard amazing things. But my understanding is it was made for like less than 15 million dollars and it looks like so much better than the things that cost 200 million dollars you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh now i i've saw you know i i've seen a lot of people saying that you know 
we talk about the the special effects uh, industry and how uh, exploitative it is here in the U.S. Like, imagine how much it is in Japan. I don't know anything about that, but all I know is that movie looks phenomenal, um, and it's and it's great to see people like, um, you know, embracing that kind of stuff without having to feel the need that it's like two hundred thousand people, you know, worth uh, and half of that going to some movie star who's you know over the hill. <laughs> you well, know what I mean? like, some yeah, some some C lister that's become like an A lister because they keep yes. on showing up on these blockbusters. But also right. like uh and that's no that's no not a diss against Robert Downey Jr. No. <laughs> oh no, but, he's an A lister. No, no, dude. I, no, no. I'm I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm, be, I'm fucking around. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. I think he was C list when they picked him back up. Well, yes, this, that was not, the big turnaround. Because, yeah, like not because of his acting ability, just simply because he'd had like a, a rough run. Oh yeah, and uh, all sorts of problems. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, what I, I suppose what I'm also getting at is that they also, I, I barely, not that I've been watching like actual anal, well, analog, whatever that means exactly, mm-hmm. uh, cable TV or anything like that. But but like I. I've seen very little advertising or marketing for Godzilla minus one. So it's obvious that, you know, either the marketing budget is very small uh, and they've just sort of dependent that, well, you depended on word of mouth over here, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's, it, I, I'm interested in seeing that one and the boy in the heron, but also, you know, like uh, I'd have to go watch them and, like a matinee or something like that, where it's like zero people in the theater yeah. or something. Well, uh, the, that is the thing. That is the the difficulty is trying to find where things are playing these days. Like there's a lot of interesting stuff, but it's not everything's getting uh, as wide a release as it might have otherwise. I well, I mean, what the, that's, what that's yeah. about, but I mean, but that's, that's also part of that, that, that same ecosystem that uh, sort of like, it's not all Disney, but Disney sort of like set the groundwork for themselves and mm-hmm. sort of became like a, 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 a thought leader, I guess is what you'd call it, uh, regarding like making sure that you have vertical integration and you, a market leader, maybe. Well, true, true. I mean, <laughs> thought leaders are always, uh, you know, yeah. they should always have scare quotes around them because that's right. It, 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 all they ever do is repackage like, pretty basic thoughts that everyone thinks already mm-hmm. they, they just have the balls to say it you know yeah right that's right he's saying uh, what we're all thinking let's give him a self-help book deal because that <laughs> sounds great um but uh but yeah yeah i i i do want to go see especially the boy in the heron because i've heard some fantastic you know stuff about it uh, yeah. As you can imagine, I'm also like a huge Miyazaki fan. Yeah, that I I've only seen the ones that we've done for the pod, so I really need to like catch up on and do some some catch up on. Maybe that you, will be my know, 2024. You know what, Chris? We we could. You know what? We we could actually go and uh, do like some. Yes. Th- that should be something we should do over 2024. That yeah, actually, like there like we go. just set set down uh, sit down and watch uh, pretty much. Well, maybe not Grave of the Fireflies. I'm not sure if I'm. <laughs> I, I don't think I have it in me to watch that one again. Okay. Uh, but but, uh, pretty much everything else uh, is definitely fair game. I I can be coerced or coaxed, I should say, into. <laughs> 
uh, watching Grave of the Fireflies to finish out the, um, yeah. the catalog. But uh, but yeah, that that's a rough one, man. It's okay. really rough. I, I don't think that's episode material anyway. What what is the is that not in so much of like you know gore way, but like what's the hardest movie you've ever had to watch in that sense? That may be one of them. I don't know. Okay. Um, I, I don't, I haven't seen, what is it? Come and see or whatever it's called. Yeah. That's, I, I have that on my two watch list as well. It's like one of those, it, it's definitely one of those movies where I, I, I may watch it at some point, but it, it would be like a, a move, like that type of movie where like, uh, you know, that entire month I, I got like, I don't know, got a pay raise, uh, <laughs> you got, yeah. sold, uh, sold a, a hypothetical novel or something, <laughs> You know, had, had a you know, we we got a new puppy or something, yeah, yeah. that type of just just fill up all the all the good feeling good tanks, so I, I can just have that just like yeah. fucking slammed, emptied, drained of <laughs> drained to nothing by just watching this one movie. Yeah, oh god, um, I for for me, I to answer that my own question of the hardest is, um, have you ever heard of the documentary Dear Zachary? Um, I've not no. It, so it's it's a true crime doc, but it's not. It it was like it preceded the most recent like true crime like uh, you know, phase crazy phrase. So it's not like part of like it. It's this. Oh my god, I don't. Even, I can't say it because I don't want to risk. Don't want to ruin it for anybody. But it it just it's this thing that's just it goes on and on and it just it is it so effective at creating this like picture and then pulling the rug from out under you and then creating this new like reality and then pulling the rug out again like and it's just so affecting um i i've only seen it once we'll never watch it again <laughs> um mm. it was just really 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 affecting um there's a movie i uh i yeah so yeah that so i i i, I you know it's not really a recommend but it's if you feel like you could handle it i would i would take it watch that <laughs> not a recommend but if no. you can, but if you can te- if you have a therapist line up out lined up yeah afterwards. exactly exactly um, was oh I, I just finished uh two things that that i i was really sort of like i really really enjoyed a lot uh the first one is a novella that uh is called the last dragoners of Balbazar. Mm. I, I may be mispronouncing the last word. It may be Balbazar or something. I don't know. Mm. Anyway, the point is, it's, it's written by Indra Pramitas, uh, who had a werewolf novel that now I want to go back and check out mm. uh, called The Devourers. Um, but uh, this book, The Last Dragoners, is it's really hard to categorize because it's not, it doesn't feel like it's fantasy per se Mm -hmm. it feels very much in a magical realism type of uh tradition right but it's not exactly that either right uh in part because the the story is about this uh kid who uh is named rule like jrr's name second name i should say yeah yeah um because his dad is a big Lord of the Rings nerd. Uh, but he is 
has been raised in this family who has basically no real familial connections. They don't really know many people in Calcutta, mm-hmm. uh, but he's been raised all his life there. He was homeschooled, all that stuff. And part of the, the homeschooling and, and retiring from like social stuff, you know, he, he suffered some bullying and whatnot. But part of it is because he has been raised to believe um certain things about his family background that have to do with like they came from another dimension <laughs> that they rode a dragon to reach this world mm-hmm. um and so on and so forth uh and as you can imagine like you're for a long part of the book it's just very much it's really slips slips effortless effortlessly between like this dreaminess and this just very tender coming of age story uh it's it's so so good ah, it's really, really good. good uh you know it, it it what it reminded me of uh without really coming out and saying it is it felt like um it felt like he was trying to capture what like an elf on middle earth <laughs> would have felt like you know like mm. you've left a world behind yeah and you're now here and well you know now you're here yeah wow uh that sounds really good it's really good and uh the other thing i finished just uh this afternoon was um squire um hold on let me look up because i forget i think it's uh nadia shamas uh let me look up the uh comic I should have done this. And Sarah Alfagi, uh, I, per, maybe I'm mispronouncing those names, but <laughs> apologies. But the mm-hmm. the uh, graphic novel is called Squire, mm-hmm. uh, and it is just really good. It's sort of like a uh, it's it it's supposed to be like a secondary world, but it it's basically like a, a I suppose a Middle Eastern or Levantine um, sort of like setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically the the main character is uh, uh, this girl from a an oppressed or occupied people uh, in that world. Uh, yeah. Her name is Isa, and she is dead set on becoming uh, joining uh, and getting recruited into the army so she can become a knight's squire because she she wants to become a knight. Mm-hmm. And uh, sort of like the way it turns, I, I was expecting it to go in one direction mm-hmm. and it turns and it ends up in another place. And I was like, good trick. All right. <laughs> good job. <laughs> cool. Uh, but yeah, I, I would honestly. What's if, the art style like? Ah, that's a good question. It feels, you know what? It, it feels very much like. Um, you remember the early Miss Marvel mm-hmm. uh, style? Yeah, yeah. Like the, it's hard. I I don't want to describe it uh, because it sounds like I'm, like I'm uh, criticizing it. But it it's sort of like weird, lanky. Uh, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Like, have you ever seen the the Lumberjanes comic? I have not. I've heard good things. Though. Yeah, it's 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 that kind of style where it's like cartoony, but still, but like not. Like it's like more cartoony than like typical comic books, but like, yeah, I know exactly what you mean though. Yeah, but not exactly as stylized as something like. Uh, yes. Yeah. 
yes. like a, a bone or something like, like yeah or, or you know or let's say a um, bone or uh what is it uh frank cho's style where it's like right. just very clean stylized mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh but yeah 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 that's exactly it it's sort of like in between it it, it works it works just fine uh, the coloring is is fantastic mm-hmm. um Thankfully, it's not glossy either. Mm, that's good, annoys yeah. the God. It, it annoys the. I love glossy, but also I. It's annoying because you you end up like turning pages and you see your own fingerprints on them. And it's yes, like, yeah. Fuck, no, Makes God damn it! <laughs> you want to like scrub your fingerprints off of it just to keep it. Yeah. You know. uh, there's. Um, I, did you ever watch uh, Rocco's Modern Life? I did. Yes. So there's the 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 turtle that works in the uh, uh, the uh, comic Filbert. book shop. Filbert, yeah, and he's like, I remember the one thing where he's talking about. I turn the page, I wash my hands. I turn my page, I wash my hands. <laughs> like, it, yeah, it was, Filbert was like the the low key anxious guy. Yes, yeah, that was. I, uh, I did love that. Yeah, it was a good show. I I, I still remember. Was it? And once you see the Elven maidens, you can never go back. <laughs> wow, you're a nerd. <laughs> so good. <laughs> <laughs> Rocco's Modern Life was too good for Nickelodeon's kid shows. Yes, really. it really was. So much, uh, so many good jokes in there, and some of them quite racy, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> it's it's shifted from suck to blow. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, I think that uh, we have all unwrapped our presents. Thanks for the uh, for the for the uh, mic arm. Uh, of of course, thank you for for. Uh, uh, I'll have to run out now and buy a uh, buy a mic again. <laughs> uh, for some reason, I cut my hair. I'm not sure what happened there. Uh oh, no. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? So, uh, and and to be fair, like at at the very least, we don't have to worry about like. I don't I don't have a chimney that we use anymore. So we don't have to worry about someone surprising trying to surprise you by climbing down the chimney dressed as Santa and getting stuck. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, little, little preview. Little preview. Little preview. Little, little taste. Actually, at this point, we, we are we are time travelers, Chris. Oh this, oh. this already happened. Oh, I don't know if we, I think we pulled it off until that. I, I blew it there at the end. Sorry. No, it's all good. <laughs> Shh. The, the secret is that we have a time a time <laughs> machine. Um, but anyway, uh, Chris, thanks for joining me. Uh, Thank to, you very to, much for, for roasting some chestnuts on the open fire. That's right. Uh, and everyone out there, thanks for joining in. Thanks again. Catch you next time here on Podside.